This is David Reed Watson with Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. Join myself and Cat Critter every Tuesday evening, 10 p.m. BST, 5 p.m. EST, 2 p.m. PST, right here on FirebrandRadio.online. We are Firebrand Radio Online. Welcome to another Tuesday evening. Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. I got a little congestion going on. I don't know what's going on in the air. It's it's not COVID. It's just uh, congestion. That's all it is. The weather's changing here in Minnesota, and um, it's getting a bit chilly out. I think we're hitting the 30s. <laughs> Definitely not Las Vegas weather, so it's going to take me a little bit to get used to. I'm going to start this evening out before Kat and I start talking about stuff. Um, this is a band that I had back in Los Angeles back in the early 2000s, um, let's say 2010, 2011, and it was a band called The Constant, and this song is called Marigolds. We will be back with you shortly.
That's a re-release of the song Ring of Fire from 2000 on a new album called All the Best with uh, Mark Bowles and Ring of Fire. I was very fortunate in uh, a few years ago when I lived in Las Vegas to open up for a band, or actually sing for a band where Mark Bowles was my bass player, which kind of blew my mind because he's such a tremendous vocalist and a great guy. And before that, we heard Jeff Scott Soto's new song, Without You, and it's coming from the album Wide Awake, In My Dreamland. Um, All the best to Jeff. I got to work with Jeff on the boat on the Monsters of Rock Cruise a few times, which is pretty awesome. Great guy. uh, Wonderful singer. And then we started off with my old band, The Constant, and a song that I sang called Marigolds. We're going to get back into the talk show now. Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. Ah, yes. Another... (laughs) Another Tuesday evening. What's going on, Cat? My goodness. This is going to be the ramble show. This is going to be, we're just going to ramble about stuff. Because um, Current events. There's cur- plenty. Plenty of current events. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, okay, we were out in the kitchen and um, she doesn't want to talk politics, which I totally get. Um, because she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to deal with Biden or with Trump. And I totally get that. Um, I think she thinks that I'm a a Biden kind of guy uh, because I'm a left-wing, long-haired hippie. Eh. No, just, you know, I think that you have your, well, some long-held beliefs about different political systems. and mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily... Not true because I believe some other things are true. It doesn't make things that you believe not true. I just. But as long I, as I'm right. <laughs> no, <laughs> is this a okay. trick question. No, no wait, wait, wait. Because because that is what that's what is normally out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I'm right, uh, you must be wrong. Instead exactly. of. Exactly. And said instead of there could be another alternative. Mm-hmm. There could be a different paradigm. True. True. You yeah. Know? So, you know, people don't want to be wrong. And I don't necessarily think that there's anything super right about every everything going on. They can't both candidates. There's not a lot that's right right now in my mind about either of them. Except the right wing. <laughs> right wing. <laughs> Chicken wings. Yeah, how can the left be right? They can't. It's just, it's, it just doesn't work. So, okay, uh, all right. So, how do you want to lead in on this? Well, I do have actually some fun things that we can talk about um, with the election coming um, less than a month away. I, I think we have some interesting things that there's different laws and um, traditions. Okay. In different states that are very unusual surrounding elections, which might be fun to dig into. Okay. Hit me. Okay. She's looking. You should see her today. She looks adorable. She's She's got her, her lumberjack shirt. She's ready to go out and rake leaves. It's getting cold here in Minnesota. It's It was 33 degrees outside when I went to go pick up some food. And uh, you're probably asking, Dave, why are you picking up food? Because actually, 
I pick up food, and I don't normally announce stuff like this because I just do stuff just because I do it. But we get an abundance of food, and we bring it to a, another person who brings it to a homeless shelter, which is kind of cool. So we feel like we're actually contributing in this world. I drive a car to a place and pick up food. Is that really contributing? I don't know. Anyway, what, what it do you... It is. You're redistributing it. You're... Especially to a homeless shelter. It's true. Awesome. True. So what's your... So, um, you know, the, the separation between church and state, we know about that. Mm-hmm. But there are certain states that require you to believe in God in order to hold office. Really? Yes, yes. Don't, don't let me guess. Uh, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Texas. You got North Carolina and South Carolina, but okay. the other states are Arkansas, Maryland, Mississippi, and there's another one. Texas. Oh, so I got three. You got Texas. You got three. I got three. Yeah. So what happens is is um, there's tests um, to qualify to hold office, um, and in those tests, you are required to acknowledge the existence of a supreme being. Okay, but we believe in a supreme being. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily believe in that dogmatic god though is it i mean because I'm, I'm thinking so what oh narrow that down and which offices do you have to be a christian um it just says here that uh in all certain states in order to hold office to be an official you have to acknowledge the existence of a supreme being according to its constitution okay so that's texas um tennessee also upholds a similar law Banning any person who denies the supreme being from holding an office, so you can't be an agnostic. Really, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Well, what? Come on, tell me which politician is going to actually say, "I don't believe in anything." Uh, if if they're if it's like you, you get confronted, you go, "Okay, you have to believe in a supreme being in order to get in this office." What is your answer? Do you think any politician's going to go, I don't believe in a spring being? Okay, bye. Have you ever met atheists? But you know what? Dad was an atheist for a long time. And they time. are very vocal about it. And they don't want to be pressured to acknowledge something that they don't believe in. So an atheist believes that they don't have to believe. So they believe in something. Everybody believes it's true, something. but if you have to uh, swear uh, in, in oh, on oath that you believe in a supreme being, there are certain people that are like, "I'm going to dig my heels in right now, and uh-huh. I will not say that out loud. I won't say that." So, I guess in a, in a metaf- metaphysical sense, if we walk in there and they say, "Do you believe in a supreme being?" and I go, "Yes, I believe I am a supreme being," that wouldn't cut it. Uh, it would in yeah. There's. Most places wouldn't ask you, first off. So, okay. but there's a handful of states, which I, you know, read off. I think there's like six or seven of them. Okay. Where they're going to ask you, and your answer better be, yes, I believe in a supreme being. Otherwise, you can't hold an official office. Do they have their fingers behind their back and cross? <laughs> I don't know. Double cross their fingers and toes? I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I'm figuring most of the. You know, when I lived in North Carolina, and this is not putting down North Carolina at all. I absolutely love North Carolina. Cat and I were we were in Asheville not too long ago, and it's you know it's a beautiful little town in the mountains. And when you when you see the Smoky Mountains, you're uh, you. you 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 haven't lived oh, until you've seen something. They're so like close, that. you can you feel like you can almost reach up and touch them. They're you so can close. almost reach up and touch a supreme being, <laughs> a cloud. <laughs> Don't call my god a cloud. Okay, all right. So yeah, but anyway, so this is nothing against North Carolina. But when I was when I was stationed in North Carolina, I was stationed at Cherry Point. Mm-hmm. In Havelock, North Carolina, and we had a rock station in the area. I think it was in Moorhead, or maybe uh, I forget. Um, anyway, that rock station on Sunday mornings would literally turn over to church hour, and it would be you know. So you'd listen to uh, a preacher, you know, talking and talking about Psalms thirty-seven or. Whatever, and and then right after that you'd hear back at the moon, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> you know the rock station cut in immediately when it was time to cut in. So you had those things, you know. Uh, you couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays, and so there, you know. Okay, can I tell a story? Yeah, yeah, please. All right. Before I go off on a tangent again, I just like to tell this one. Okay. Um, my brother worked for a Christian. I, I think you've you might have heard this one. Mm-hmm. My brother worked for a Christian rock station. Yes. Um, and uh, he'd have this, you know, this time that he'd be on air, and he'd have, you know, a number that people could call in, and so he the this. I don't know, his audience was a very conservative, maybe older audience. And, and he, his t- time slot was very, it was meant to be very uh, traditional. So he had to switch to more traditional music and stuff. Right. And um, and uh, when I knew that he was working, I would call in and I would disguise my voice and I'd ask him, I'm like, can you play Heaven in Hell? <laughs> I would, you know, can you play Stairway to Heaven? I would disguise my voice and call in it every single time. He'd call me back. He'd be like, quit fucking calling me. You're going to get me in trouble. You know what? The listeners here don't want to hear somebody asking to play, you know, Highway to Hell. but it was a running joke I just I couldn't resist because I knew he was on the air and I knew that he wouldn't know it was my call because this was pre-caller ID oh my god and I did it to him constantly you are evil I know I know (laughs) thank god he's forgiven me but uh yeah that's pretty funny (laughs) so how long how long was your brother on this radio station until you got him kicked off yeah, until he got fired because he had a stalker that wouldn't stop calling and asking for horrible satanic music. Do your church lady. I think it's. I think you do awesome, Dana Carvey oh church my God. lady. How does that go again? Oh, isn't that special? <laughs> isn't that special? You and Satan. <laughs> Today, my special guest will be Church Lady. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so hit me. What do you got next? What's up? What's up? Stickers. You know those stickers that say I voted? Yes. Those first came into um, production in 1986, the election for 1986. Really? And um, all of a sudden, uh, other, you know, I think, what what state was it? Um, It was Florida, I believe, that started it. Okay. And and then um, other states followed suit because um, they realized that, that it People, they put a sticker on somebody that says I voted and the person would go back to work and shame other people into going and voting. So it was originally uh, designed to psychologically force more people to the polls and shame them by saying, you know, look me, I voted. Oh, and then yeah. other people, you know, got to go get their just, sticker. It's, you know what would have been really cool then? This could really have tripped them out. Make those acid tabs. So when they took a sticker <laughs> oh, and stuck God. it on their chest, <laughs> they'd start tripping out. That's right. That's right. Um, there's uh, certain cities. The city of Chicago has eliminated the stickers because they said it's too expensive. So they're going away from the stickers. But stickers have been around for. You know what's too expensive? What? They're really saucy pizza. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should get rid of that and maybe go back to... And their murder rate. That's expensive. And their mur- <laughs> yes, that's right. Tell that to a cop. Yeah. Imagine a Chicago cop. He probably says, hey, just get rid of the get rid of the stickers. Get rid of the crime. Okay. So anyway, let me get back to my North Carolina story since you yes. rudely interrupted me with your Sorry. silly... St- <laughs> <laughs> I made my point. <laughs> no, I'm um, I lost my point. Okay, what I was trying to say was there was something magical about having Sundays off. Here's a trivia for you. Do you know who started work on Sundays? Or made it a, a trend within all of marketing? Walmart. Mm, no, I did not know yep. that. I thought it might have been farmers. Oh, of course. Well, you that's know, harvest season work year. You know, you work seven days a week. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking where all like J.C. Penney oh, and Sears and yeah. stuff like that had to to for, to compete because people started going to Walmart on Sundays, and they're like, ah. ah, ah. So just to keep in competition, they had to they had to do that. So now, Didn't thanks Walmart. Now we're open twenty four hours open. a day. Yeah. Pre COVID, mm-hmm. nothing's really open. You know, a restaurant. Some restaurants. We went to a nice restaurant the other night. That was that was kind of cool. It was mm-hmm. kind of low key. Yeah. We took off our masks in the booth. Sat down, ate our food. You know, um, I wonder. I was I was scouting around to see if anybody was wearing their mask and maybe had like a zipper on their mask to like unzip it and stick their fork in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy I saw at the bonfires smoking a cigarette through his mask. Yeah, that guy's <laughs> never gonna live that down. Never. He's got a, like a, a a nicotine stain on the front of his mask. That's. Okay. Well, you know. 
You know, there's what? What did the? What's the new word? Is it uh, COVIDity? COVID stupidity? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was COVIDity. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break, but we will be back shortly. You're listening to Rock the Talk, aka Walk Your Talk, right here on Firebrand Radio Online.
for the love of God, Steve Vai. If you ever get a chance to see Steve Vai live, do it. A uh, quick story for you. My friend Bobby Miller was here from Australia. Here, meaning when I lived in Las Vegas. And we just happened to be walking through the Hard Rock, and Steve Vai was playing. And a friend of ours just happened to have tickets. So, so Bobby freaked out, and we went and saw... Steve Vai. It was amazing. So from one guitar god to another, we played some Slash with the song Anastasia. I'm a huge fan of that song, a huge fan of that album. And also, another another uh, man crush I have on Devin Townsend started off with the song Deadhead. That's going out to my friend Heidi out in England. She's been living there for, geez, five, six, seven years now. Cheerio, mate. Now back to the conversation. You know, I mean, I, how can we not talk about COVID? You know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's it's, um, it's on all of our minds all the time, 24 hours a day. Now, it's well, not ours, but it, it, societies. You know, it's we're confronted with it all the time. I, I even find myself now walking out of the house, going, "Oh crap, I forgot my mask." And I'll walk in the house and get my mask instead of just saying, fuck it, and just going away. You know, um, you know, the, the big thing, the big question I have on my mind, and I know you don't want to talk politics. We're not going to, we're not, no, come on, I know. It's, <laughs> we don't, but I, I'm very curious. Did Trump actually catch? COVID and get over it in four days that obese man uh, and got pumped up with a bunch of drugs and if he did why aren't those drugs available to all of us and if he didn't what kind of statement is he trying to make I think he said he's going to make the, the treatment available to everybody he's not talking about making the vaccine available he's talking about making the treatment available for if that was, yeah you know what that was, remember in the book that we read um, where they talked uh, remember we, we were reading a book uh, before the one we're reading right now it was called Letters from 500 premise of the book is that these people from 500 years in the future come back and talk to themselves I guess your your pre incarnated self 500 years back and they said that around this time someone or some group or whatever would completely change their logic and that's who that's who we need to look for so if if Trump did that and did like a 180 do you think people would accept it? I think there's a lot of people that are very afraid and they don't know that they would accept it because there is a large amount of people that are interested in a vaccine because they see it as the fastest route to getting back their life back to what it was, which if anybody has been paying attention, our lives are not, never going to be exactly the same. We're not going back to the same life. Well, the question I have for... Even if they open everything up, we're all going to be affected and changed by this experience. Right. I'm the eternal optimist. Um, 
I guess the question I would have for all those people out there is, would you want your life back the way it was? I look, you're looking at me and I'm shaking my head no. No. Yeah. You know, I meant there's some things I miss and I hope those come back, but there's so many wonderful things that have happened. I, I wouldn't want to trade those out or have those go away. I'm still trying to interpret and I, I still think about it and I'm trying to interpret my ayahuasca journey that I had in March right before COVID went down, right before, you know, I had done an ayahuasca journey. I had gone away for that and then gone back to work in Las Vegas and then COVID hit like what a week Mm -hmm. two weeks after I did this I mean timing you know wow what timing and I wonder what the significance of that would have been had I had COVID hit and I wouldn't have been able to take the ayahuasca journey you know, there's so many different silly questions you could ask about that. Um, but yeah, my life has completely changed. Not, you know, yes, you, of course, but um, everything else as well. All of my issues that I've had in the past, um, changing all my patterns, all my bad patterns that I've had in the past are wiped out, you know, just like things are wiped out out and COVID actually gave me a chance to regroup I remember I remember sitting over at my friend Pammy's house because uh, I stayed with Pammy when I was in Las Vegas and um, I think it was a month where we didn't eat I didn't I don't I think I walked outside once you know I was like oh let me go out and smell the good ass prana you know um, but otherwise, I was a good citizen. I stayed inside. And what I did that whole time was I just reflected on that. I just focused on that. I focused on the positive side of what was going on. And I, I you know what? I noticed at the very beginning of all this, the camaraderie of all the world. Of everyone like, yeah, we're, you know, we all became unified. And I remember the big question that... I think it was, I think it was, um, um, I think it was Russell Brand that asked the question, um, was that I hope, I hope this won't be like 9-11, where the world came together, you know, everyone got unified and said, woo, you know, we're the world and we're together and united in this and 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 then eventually after a couple months it kind of waned and everyone back everyone went back to their shitty lives and you know then we, TSA was thrown into place which that was 2001 right that was the same year I believe so yes that Lord of the Rings came mm-hmm. out so 19 years ago so 19 years ago TSA was put in place and they said it's a temporary fix until we can get over this this thing with terrorism. Mm-hmm. And then we'll disband it and we'll go back to normal. 19 years ago. So. We've been over there ever since? Yeah. Yeah. We can't. 
you know, we've we've progressed from um, getting scanned in the airport to taking off our shoes in the airport. Remember the what was it? The guy had some, bombs a in bomb, his shoes, which I think was made up. You know, just like Norton antivirus, they create viruses so they can put out their Norton antivirus. Security companies put out terrorism so they can keep security. You know, keep that going. Otherwise, what would they do? Disband it? Then everybody would be out of jobs now. You know. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent like that, but the same similarities of 2001 that we had with COVID were that camaraderie, that like that feeling of we can all do this together. And we were all for it. I mean, there were a few that weren't. But for the most part, everyone's like, yeah, I can, I can hunker down in my house. You know, yeah, I know it's, and me, the, the anarchist in me was like, you know, fuck all that stuff. Let it all die. That old paradigm. I, that's, I wanted it to all die. I wanted people. I had, I guess I had this grand illusion that of everyone waking up like I was waking up, you know? And, uh. No, it came down to, yeah, exactly what you said. People want the vaccines now because they want their ba- their life back to normal. In the fastest way possible. And that looks like an easy, quick fix. Yeah. We were talking to your friend. The, oh, Jay Higgins. Yes. Um, and he was talking about, um, I probably don't need a vaccine because I've been shot up with everything. And I rem- you know. Yeah. A lot of there's a lot of military people that, um, yeah, in basic training, the first thing they do is they get y'all they get that peanut, vaccinated. Yeah, the peanut butter injection. It just you know, which which I got, and you know, all my peers got. Yeah, we're probably, you know, I think didn't we look up that there were five five Marines at, at, at Camp Lejeune that had COVID. Something like that. That's there's a pretty a small number. Yeah. And so, it was small. So it's possible that we might have already been shot up with everything to, to prevent all this. But still, the the virus thing, the virus idea now, I, you know, I don't I don't want to say I'm anti-vaxxer because, but I've never gotten a vaccine since, I, I guess, I've never gotten a flu vaccine um, since I've been out of the Marines. And so we're talking a lot of years now, I haven't even though I've been shamed to go and get one, that I should go get one, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's like, I want my immune system. To do the work. I want, yeah, I do. You know what? You know, I grew up, I grew up in Western Massachusetts. We were kids that got in the soil. We were picking vegetables and suck, you know, uh, or, or suckering tobacco when we were kids. And, <coughs> excuse me, we were dirty. Oh, yeah. yeah we had... Mud. Yeah. Well, I think I think in our family, our uncle or somebody in our family said, you're going to eat a pound of dirt in your lifetime. You know, it's, it's no big deal. I think kids nowadays with video games and thing, the ways they don't go outside and play, I think they probably get a tablespoon of dirt. Yeah. You need to get... You need that. Exposed to germs and... You do. Bacterias so that you, your body knows how to fight them. Yeah. <coughs> Here I am coughing. I got the COVID. <coughs> Sorry. 
No, but yeah. So if anything, you know, we're talking we're talking about Sweden. Sweden did Sweden did that herd thing, where mm-hmm. basically everybody stuck together with it, and there are no cases. You know, they're, they're they've pretty much combat this this thing. Um, I think I think if this is these are just my thoughts now. I'm not proclaiming anything, but you know, we take all the people, the, the older folks, not stick them in a nursing home and shut them off from everything, or shut them off from the loved ones or anything like that. But to take people that have compromised immune systems and stay away from them for a little while. You know, and just that we as a society continue on. So I, that big question was weighed uh, about about what's worse, um, the death count or our society going to shit. Um, again, I'll go back to the anarchist comment that I made. I want it all to go away, but I'm. You know, uh, I'm I'm one in a, a billion people that feel that way. Um, I, you know, that probably sounds really insensitive to business owners and stuff like that. Small business owners. I'm talking like I was hoping the downfall of big corporations would would you know would happen, but it hasn't. They've actually grown. I mean, Jeff Bezos is worth how much now? you know a lot of freaking money Amazon's done great during this you know the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has done great during this the small business we're watching this divide now which probably was inevitable but me as a dreamer thought that maybe society would not allow that to happen but we have it's fear It's it's all fear false evidence appearing real um, or fuck everything and run, yes. which which is what everybody else is doing right now. Yeah, they're they're in that mode of fuck everything and run, running, running from their states. They're moving. They're mm-hmm. yeah. If we can get out of the country, right? You know, there's a lot of countries that are not um, accepting Americans yet. No, isn't that weird? Yeah, it is very weird. Because we, I think we've been so used to just hopping on a plane and going anywhere we want. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of countries are going good. <clears throat> you can keep those those Americans out of here. They're just a bunch of every, you know every country I've gone to. They're all you know um, lately. I'm going to say lately in the last 20 years. Um, they're all like you arrogant Americans. Think you know everything, <clears throat> and I, I think the biggest problem with uh, with Americans <clears throat> is that uh, and this could go for any country really, but predominantly because I'm American, I can talk about this. People don't get out of this country. No, they stay in their little bubble and then talk shit about other countries. Where actually, if you went to another country, <clears throat> you'd be quite humbled. Because, you know, I remember we did a tour in Europe and our bus driver, a guy um, who was called Z, we called him Z, he was from Poland. 
I think Z knew seven languages. You know, here I am, this silly American who took Spanish in high school. Half his family is Puerto Rican, you know. I can't speak a lick of Spanish. Isn't that pathetic? You feel like an idiot. It's very typical. It's very typical here. And it's not, it's, you know, you can blame people, but it's not encouraged. It's not encouraged at a institutional institutional level, like Mm -hmm. in schools where that is something that's pushed. Right. Kids in other countries, they understand that they need to learn other means of communications. Um, Countries are very close together and they all have different languages over there. Mm. It makes it hard to get around if you don't. And so they're ahead of the curve. They're they're way smarter than we are. We're like, oh, well. We're arrogant. If we learn our one language, that should be get to get us to all 50 states and they don't think beyond that mostly but you know there is a requirement to learn a language for um to graduate but the trouble with that is that with all languages if you don't use it you lose it so um it's great to learn german and and some of the other languages but if you don't have someone to converse with every day Mm-hmm. You're gonna forget, and it's not gonna do you any good. You won't be able to even ask where the bathroom is by the time you get overseas if you don't actively use what you learn. Shouldn't half of uh, Minnesota be speaking Swedish then? We do. Ufta, <laughs> you betcha. Ufta, you betcha. So that's where you betcha came from. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Snow. Snow. Yes. Snow pants. Snow pants. When I when I moved here, I went to the grocery store and this woman asked me, she goes, would you like a bag? And I looked at her like, no, I got cash. I don't need to beg. You know? <laughs> and, <clears throat> which is a lie. I don't have cash. But <laughs> I'm like, bag? What do you mean bag? Oh, bag. <laughs> she laughs at me because I say bag. Bag. <laughs> I wish the dog could go get his own leash. Leash. That's right. <laughs> Zeus, shh, leash, uh, Zeus is going to come running in oh, here. Shoot. He We're hoping word. he'd skip the show this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll he'll be here in a few minutes. I'm I'm sure. <clears throat> but yeah. So anyway, us arrogant Americans. We're now we're trying to cut off the border. <clears throat> you know. Well. That's long past now. That's gone. Uh, but initially, we were trying to cut off the border of Mexico. Now Mexico's cutting <laughs> off the border of the U.S. <laughs> wow. No, senor. Don't, no. No, no entrada. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but going back to what I was saying... More Americans, when COVID is over and when we're allowed to travel, really need to go and see other countries and yes. really experience other Really. I mean, I lived in Okinawa for a year. So when I lived in Okinawa, I went to the Philippines. I went to Korea. You know, when I was over in Europe, I went and visited all these other countries and I immersed myself in the culture. I would go and I would go walk the streets alone. You know, I would go do that and 
you know, just see how people lived. I almost like pretended like I lived there full time just to see what their lives were like. You know, you go to the Philippines and I remember the first time we landed in Clark Air Force Base, which is long gone now. It, it uh, A volcano exploded and, and, and they closed Clark Air Force Base. But I remember walking outside the gate into Angeles City in the Philippines and seeing homeless people. <clears throat> homeless people with leprosy. Oh, wow. Like a person missing half their jaw. It's biblical. Yeah, for real. And you're looking at these people going, you're just throwing, you know, all your money at them. Just well, like, yeah, because, oh. you know, they're not they're not faking it. They're not standing right. on the corner of, you know, 94 and Snelling. Right. With a warm jacket on looking for my, there are these people. Yeah. Wow. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, how much are a pack of cigarettes now? I've, I've heard, I don't smoke, um, but I've heard they're up, I don't know, are they nine bucks a pack? Are they more? Four, yeah. five, I, I don't five, even know. six? I don't even know. So if you're homeless, <clears throat> I understand addiction, but if you're homeless, that nine bucks is like a, that could be a meal for the whole day. Right? I mean, a nutritious meal, not McDonald's. It'll go through your system in two seconds. There's nothing happy about a happy Literally, meal. Literally, when it <laughs> runs out. It's... That's right. <laughs> they, should, they shouldn't call it the happy meal anymore. The unhappy meal. The yeah. unhappy meal. <laughs> You're listening to Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk with David Reed Watson and Kat Critta. We will be back shortly after some more music. Photographs the grandson 
was the song Jerusalem by Emerson Lake of Palmer before that um, Take a Pebble live from Emerson Lake of Palmer I did my own version of Jerusalem that you just heard right there and what's significant about that song um, that ELP did it comes from a poem by William Blake penned and did those feet in ancient times and then around 1916 it was actually put into the music written by Sir Hubert Perry um, because of World War One, and it was to uplift all the people of England for what was going on during that time. If any of you get a chance to get over to the UK, um, you might want to do it. It's a beautiful, beautiful country, um, countries, the UK, um, Scotland, and Wales in themselves are all fantastic And as a lot of you know, some of you that don't know me, um, I was over in the UK for half of last year to record an album with my band Alchemy Fire, and that should be out shortly. So, traveling. Mm -hmm. I think it's imperative. You know, I think it's, it's very important that we all go out and travel, because then we would get a broader sense of what the world is instead of us getting so pig-headed and you know and i'm merkin you know and you have no clue dude you have no compassion for anybody else because you've never seen their side of the fence 
And it's good for people from other countries to come here and see our lives, you know. And then they can take people and see them as individuals, too. You know why people come from other countries and prosper in this country? I'm sure you know. Mm, Besides opportunity? They, they, it, they, they take, take advantage it. of the opportunities exactly. that present themselves, whereas there's many people here that don't. Exactly. I won't go work at McDonald's. I won't go. And, and fundamentally, I won't. But <clears throat> if I was really down on my luck, you know, I mean, when I was in Vegas, I went and worked at Sprouts. Just, you know, just, and I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying you just do what you got to do, right? At times, mm-hmm. and a lot of the immigrants that came to this country actually did whatever they could to earn a living for the future of their kids. You know, um, I think what people in the United States think is that the reason that they're prospering, and I was wondering, uh, I'm glad you said what you said. But the the moral majority say that these people, because they get all the handouts, they get everything given to them. They got social services given to them, and that's why they're better, and that's why they, they get all these. And uh, Where did that come from? The giveaways? No, not the giveaways. That attitude of thinking that um, immigrants come to this country and get handed out everything. And that they don't work hard. You know, why is it that, um, I mean, we make fun of these people, but why is it that a lot of these little grocery stores that are owned are owned by Pakistanis or, or you know. Mung here. Mung or the Mung here. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? It's because they have a social network and they take care of themselves. And they did it in uh, the, uh, the Japanese, uh, was it Japanese did it, where they've, they've got a network. And that's why you find these Japanese restaurants or, or Chinese restaurants is what we call them traditionally here in the United States. It could be not in Chinese. Asian. We just We just classify it's it as Chinese, Chinese. The China virus. So, you know, the Chinese restaurants. Why is there one in almost every town in America? Because people come from other places Mm -hmm. and they do what they know. Yes. And they do. And when you do anything here, I mean, you're not always successful, but there's a lot of times that you can be. And that's one of the things that. If you if it's something you already know how to do, you mm. set it up, you do it well, you're going to be successful. That's Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's, it hurts my soul to travel around the United States now and see <clears throat> strip malls of Burger Kings and McDonald's and Taco Bells and Jack in the Box or whatever. Um, or people get excited when a, uh, whatever those little mini burgers are come to their t- White Castle. Oh, no. And it's like, oh my God, we got a White Castle. And it's like, 
Come on. Really? You know, I, I miss the diversity of going to different little towns in America and going, wow, this is very interesting. You know, we don't have that. We're, we're losing that. We're, we're, we're becoming so um, is it homogenized. We're, we're just, yeah. yeah, we're just, we all look the same. There's a beauty in diversity. Mm-hmm. There is. For some reason, certain areas in our environment, in our United States psyche, try to destroy diversity. I think it's because people worry that there isn't going to be enough resources, and those resources are great here. Mm-hmm. That the resources aren't going to go all the way around, and so people coming from other places shouldn't get those resources before people get here, here get their resources. So it's a it's a fear. Fear. It's a fear about the you know the staying power of the resources that we have. I would love to get people somehow, some way. I'm not sure how to do this yet. But, uh, I, you know, the big companies have done a really good job of, uh, of making us look at the little picture. True. Instead of looking at the big picture. You know, it's, they've gotten us very good at pointing the finger at our neighbor. And, and well, they're laughing their way to the bank. You know, I remember watching this movie... King Corn, and I can say this now because I've actually driven through Iowa when I was coming here. I was like, I'd never been to, in Iowa before. Flat, uh, flat cornfields. You know the um, these two MIT students um, went to Iowa. I, I believe it was Iowa, or was it, or one of the Dakotas. I think it was Iowa. They went to Iowa and bought an acre of land, and they planted corn because they wanted to see where the corn went. And did, did you know that most of the subsidies of corn in these rural areas are not for eating? They're oh, for feeding cattle. Feeding cattle. Cattle don't eat corn. They eat grass. <laughs> the good tasting ones do. <laughs> they eat grass. Yeah. So... It came down to, okay, why are they feeding corn to these freaking animals? Because stuff? it's cheap. And to fatten them up. Yes. To fatten them up and With the least, them. one of the least nutritious vegetables that we have. Yeah. They say, isn't it that kids now have a trace of corn DNA in their system? Oh, I don't know that. That's... Wow. Yeah, that's, corn DNA, that's... Yeah. Because we eat so much corn. Corn is in everything. Well, corn is in the animals that we eat and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, okay. I'm going to get on this subject because I haven't really talked about it much. I went and got all my stuff done. I got, you know, um, I'm 57 years old. My testosterone levels are down. Everything's, my body's, you know, kind of, it's changing. I'm getting older. So I wanted to go and get all my stats. So I got, I went and got all these tests and they sent them all back. And I sat down with, with the doctor 
Kat and I sat down with the doctor to go through all these tests to find out. And I'm like off the charts in some areas and, you know, negative and off the charts in other areas positive. And it's a lot of it is because I've I've been a vegetarian for so long. And she goes, no, you you weren't a vegetarian. You 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 were um, you were a carbitarian. Carbivore. I was a carbivore. Yeah, you ate some vegetables, um, maybe a fruit fruits too, but um, the rest was all grains and yeah. Carbohydrates. So I, I I've made up the name carbivore. My daughter wanted to be a vegetarian. She was you know preteen. I'm like, it's, it's the wrong age to be a vegetarian. You're growing so much. You don't need to be a vegetarian at that age. Right. And there wasn't a way to dissuade her. And so what I noticed is that all she did was eat breads and carbs. She didn't eat even eat fruits and vegetables. So I call her a carbivore. And it's which true. Used to, send her into a freaking fit because she did not like being called a carbivore. Yeah, it's just but, convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It becomes convenient. You know, the the grains and stuff that I ate all the time. It's like, no wonder I'm so fluffy. <laughs> Throw that word around. <laughs> you know, unless I'm out training all the time. Those carbs are going to start piling on. It's just natural. So, all that being said, I'm now on this paleo diet. And it's kind of like what, she, what they call the, the caveman diet, right? Yeah. You're eating back to what our ancestors pre- ate for tens of thousands of years. You know? Um does that mean that I hate animals now and stuff like that? And somebody's going to come by me with a can of spray paint and and spray my leather jacket or whatever, possibly. So, but there's a mentality to that vegetarian, an elitist kind of thing. To I was a proud seven-year vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a vegetarian, and I would tell people I don't do it, you know, mainly because of the animals, but. In a way, I, I really was. Mm-hmm. I really was. And I still am. But now being on this paleo diet, I can I can look at people like Joe Rogan and, and who, or, or, or even um, Ted Nugent, people like that, that actually kill their own food, mm-hmm. you know, just like the Native Americans did for so long. I think the idea and what I would really like to get to at some point is to, you know, have that meat locker downstairs, you know, and have, uh, you know, the bison burgers and everything like that all, all that possibly I got myself, you know, or bought myself. I remember when I lived in, in Boulder, Colorado, you could go buy a whole cow. They would mm-hmm. cut it up for you. And, Quarter or, yeah, you can yeah. half split it with people. Right. And you just... Vegetarians a- listening are just going... Rah, rah, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It's... I, you know, Kat, I found myself just really tired. You know, even on the bicycle, which I live... You know, I live on the bicycle. It was... I just... My power wasn't enough it wasn't like my racing days when I wasn't a, a vegetarian and I know a lot of vegetarians will probably say well you weren't eating the right 
you know, things. I know friend. I, I got friends of mine that are macrobiotics and stuff like that. So, uh, that's a lot of work. A lot of work. Well, imagine if you had a gluten sensitivity, even if you didn't hit, you know, not celiacs necessarily, but sensitivity mm-hmm. to glutens, whole grain, the you know, the shell on that, and then um, also the pesticides that we spray in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, you're eating lots of vegetables. You're not eating meat. You're a vegetarian. You're trying to eat well. You're eating grains. Mm-hmm. Carbs and vegetables. Right. Well, what if you have one of those sensitivities or or to the pesticide or to the gluten itself and you're actually just like counteracting everything you're doing with the vegetables almost. Hmm. And there's so many people that do have those sensitivities. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more and more common. And it's really hard on the body. It it's um it starts the autoimmune process where our body starts attacking itself different organs rejecting our own organs like thyroid and different things we'll be back with the conversation after some more music right now the new radicals with the song you get what you give ain't that the truth rock the talk aka walk your talk right here on firebrandradio.online
nation keeps on bleeding, nation bleeding, still more
get myself together I'm going to get down in that sunny southern weather Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young with Almost Cut My Hair. I was reminded of that song from my friend Lon Friend who posted that song on his Instagram account and, and it just reminded me of that time. Such a great, magical time. Um, protest songs and people really being active, you know. I was born in 1963, so I was just a little kid during the end of the 60s, but it made such a dramatic impact on me on the way the musicians were so involved with what was going on in government, what was going on in the whole thing. I know a lot of people have different philosophies on that, but mine is definitely that people do have the power with the music. Before that, we heard Alvin Lee and 10 years after with I'd Love to Change the World. And, you know, why not? Seriously, why not? I'm all for it. I try to do it in every aspect that I can, and I hope that we inspire you to do the same as well. We started the set off with the new Radicals with You Get What You Give, and again, I'll say it again, ain't that the truth? You do get what you give, so give your best, always, in every possible way that you can. We're going to get back to the conversation. This is Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. On firebrandradio.online, you can find us on Facebook at Rock the Talk Radio. I'm going to go back to that book that we read, the, the letters, letters from 500. When that guy from our time asked those people in 500 years, uh, he asked about government. You know, what do you do, guys do about government? I mean, do you still have debates and stuff like that? And she goes, oh... Oh yeah, we do we do debate and things like that, but we come to a, a an agreement. And they go, "Well, what about cities and stuff like that?" And and she goes, "Ah, we don't really have cities. We have cities that are kind of like traditional places to like knight the king or whatever, you know what I mean? Like uh, people would gather for a big service or whatever, some something. But mostly these people in the future and I, for some of you that think all oh, that's crap, that's fine. Just listen to the the meaning of, of what I'm trying to get at here. If we can get ourselves into smaller communities, you know, of you know, we we have a, a, a commune in a way, not like a you know 
not like a, a commune like Mer- uh, like Manson, but you know, <laughs> but blue Kool Aid, the blue Kool Aid, com- come join the blue Kool Aid commune. We'd love to have you forever. Show up with the you got a like Bring a, your a, wallet. a tray of cookies. Come on in. <laughs> So want, nice. Yes. Come on. Oh. What would you say in Minnesota to, when you welcome somebody in your house? Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're very kind and hospitable and thank you. Mm. And, and, and Mi casa, su casa. Yeah. Imagine if you could get a, a commune together. Of a certain number of people, I think statistically they say that over 150 people is too much. Mm-hmm. Because once you go beyond that number, they start breaking into their little packs of people and somebody has to be in charge. Yeah. You know. But haven't we, think about this, have we not been moving in that direction in general? I mean, People immigrated to different places in the U.S. And where did they move to? They moved to cities. So there was these monstrous big cities, mm-hmm. less uh, uh, outside of because that's where you had to go to to get food and to you know have all those resources. So now, over the course of you know a couple hundred years here, we see everything migrating away from cities. Mm-hmm. Even now, with you know riots and things, they burnt up cities and so there's cities that are ghost towns Which big I, cities are becoming ghost count, ghost towns so it's like there is that movement away from the big city concept do you, do you see that too? yeah and you know I, I think I think you know the advent of what we're doing right now I, these are some positive things about mm-hmm. COVID about what's happened with COVID working at home you know, we're spending more times with our more time with our families. We're spending more time with our our immediate um, neighbors. Mm-hmm. True. You know, um, so yeah, we're kind of building those communities right now because we don't no longer need to go to a big city to to go to work in that big high rise. It's empty right now. That's right. Those are, they're unnecessary. We're finding that they're... Uh, you found in your job alone that you are more efficient. Because I think I think what happens with big corporations, because they're, they're not human, for one thing, is they think that if somebody is not being controlled, then they will just fuck around which is not true because I would say 9 out of 10 people <clears throat> are ambitious yeah not- generally you know they work for they work for what they need and they do a good job because they have pride yeah yeah and I think we lose that here when we get into these big corporations they don't they don't look at that they look at us as numbers and statistically we're, 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 you know, if nine out of, they look at it as nine out of 10 people will be sitting on their ass doing nothing. Well, there's just a general 
mistrust from the from the very get go, mm-hmm. um, and this has forced uh, companies that have had to ask their workers to work from home to keep things afloat, to trust, and to also develop um, different metrics of mm-hmm. measuring uh, productivity themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's forced them to innovate and to trust employees. Yeah, so the <clears throat> I think they're pleasantly surprised now. Some are, yeah. They're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. We're actually more productive. Yeah. Could dump the huge overhead. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they let you keep your office chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have IT calling you up or... <laughs> So, Kat, uh, what do you feel about sitting in the lotus position on your pillow? (laughs) Not! No, I'll take the chair. (laughs) That's one of the first things you notice after you're sitting at home and working from home for a long period of time is that you need real, a real chair, real support. You know, sitting on a kitchen stool or a kitchen chair or worse laying down you know laying in bed or laying on the couch and trying to work no the the best chair i ever had was my herman miller it was oh i had so many different things lumbar support the whole thing i get i i would know when i would sit in somebody else's chair Uh, i go this is my not my chair you just get so used to it. And they are comfortable, though. These chairs are really comfortable that we're sitting in right now. These, mm-hmm. are, these are fantastic. We could sit in them all day if we wanted to. That's right. Not that we do. We do no. productive things. You know what's really been cool about living in Minnesota? What? Bonfires. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, That's that was fun. Actually, we had a bonfire here. Again, uh, you know, it sounds like I'm being really scattered here. I'm not. What I'm really focusing on and really getting to here is politically, individually, collectively, when we start hanging out with our own little communities, we almost govern ourselves. And I think that's what we need to learn from all this, is that the self-governing. Eventually, we might not need a president. Yeah, it's not only yeah. self-governing though. But have you noticed uh, just just communicating with neighbors and coming up with you know interesting ideas? Right. Um, you know, when we first put our garden in, we have neighbors that have a little garden too, mm-hmm. and um, when we realized how great our garden was going to be, we we're like, we need to really extend this next year, like all the way down the yard, and then. Um, I was talking to the neighbors. I'm like, yeah, we should put them in between and we can all access the garden and tend it. And they're like, bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. We did do, uh, this is a, a faux pas of ours and I feel really bad for, for killing the spaghetti squash, but we picked it too early. I mean, we're new farmers. We're, you know, we'll know better for next year, yes. but, but, you know we're gonna we're gonna close here shortly. It's me, like Eve. I picked the fruit too soon. <laughs> she picked the fruit too soon. It's all I your gave fault. it to him to eat. It's all your fault. No, God has it's, smote us, and we have no spaghetti squash. Smote us. 
Well, you know what? This has been really fun. <laughs> um, some things that people may want to look into, we didn't even talk about yet, but um, different states have different fun and interesting, weird uh, regulations regarding elections. Time yeah. limits. Idiots are not allowed to vote. Is that an actual law? Idiot, Yeah. Idiots, idiots, and um, voting multiple times, and also there is no dueling in certain states over votes. Really? Yeah, you know, like guns dueling. Really? Yes. Like I'll meet you on the corner. We'll put it back to back and walk forty paces. Turn around and shoot. Yeah. Yeah, so when I was researching some kind of weird um, regulations and uh, traditions around voting uh-huh. in elections, those are some of the things I found we didn't talk about, but people can look them up. They're actually kind of interesting. <laughs> and you funny. can kind of like almost guess which states they yeah. belong to. You know what? That would be a great game. Maybe we should mm-hmm. put together like a, a game like that. So, so in... 1747, this law was enacted and never disbanded. What state is this from? That might be a a really good one. Mm -hmm. And people that know their history would know that, you know, if you said 17-something, well, it definitely wasn't California because... And if you say South Carolina every single time, you've got like a 50% (laughs) chance of getting it right all the time. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? We had some great music tonight. Uh, You know... um, Join us next week, and hopefully Kat does a lot more talking and makes a lot more sense than I do, because I just ramble and and babble. So, for my babbling for this evening, I want to say goodnight. Join us uh, next week on Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. Find us on Facebook at Rock the Talk Radio, and also on uh, firebrandradio.online. As Led Zeppelin would say... Ramble on. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. (laughs) All right. See ya.